live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Welcome to the program. Always an honor to be in for the Hall of Famer. Play a small role in the biggest and most important show in our industry. Ton to get to. As always, when I'm in the chair, reinforce once more, although I got to steam in because we're on television for one sparkling hour today. The goal is to hit you hard with four hours of content jammed into a three-hour bag. Always carve out time for your phone calls, 1-800-636-8686. Emails, romanhabitake.com. Open for business on Twitter, B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. And I realize I have to be even more compelling, energetic, persuasive, is louder possible? I watched yesterday's show. Uncle Brian had a little bit too much caffeine. I got to dial it down so we do not kill the microphone. But one hour on TV plus, let me reach over, hit the button. The countdown, the tip-off is underway. The madness is upon us. 16 games in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. 15 minutes away from game one, the 8-9 matchup. Anything can happen when West Virginia and Maryland get together. We will keep you apprised of upsets, but the goal is to provide counter-programming, understanding that some stations, and this is a weird philosophical editorial choice, some stations might prefer live play-by-play other than me recapping the game on the fly. So... If you want to be a part of the show, if you want to weigh in on anything going on or how you see things playing out throughout the brackets, nobody cares about your selections, but we'll take big picture thoughts of 1-800-636-8686. And because it is the best month of the year, my favorite event of them all, I'm not going to go through all the tournaments I covered all those years ago, and I'm in for, I think, undeniably, the most famous, most successful alum of them all, of UC Santa Barbara. We're going to chat with their head coach coming up in less than 20 minutes. Joe Pasternak has done a magnificent job of transforming the program. They're going back to the tournament, getting set to play tomorrow, taking on Baylor for the second time in three years. We'll get the view from the man who has rejuvenated Gaucho Nation, and that's an homage to Jim. We'll talk about Jim's status in a moment. Doesn't have to be that dramatic. Obviously, he's not here under the weather. There's your update. I did it in literally one moment. And then one more guest will join us to wrap up the program. Final segment, 2.40 Eastern time. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers, which I'm going to address presently. Lamar Jackson, open for business as well. He can receive offer sheets from any team that wants to bid for his services What's the future look like for Ezekiel Elliott? A ton of NFL to get to. It's coming up. So I realize to force the comp, I am the 16 seed of fill-in host. I know you are groaning. In fact, most of you think I'm playing material. Maybe NIT, since I mentioned I have an NIT watch from 1991. Don't go CBI on me or the tournament. I've done enough to justify why I'm clutching this microphone. Jim's not here. He is not feeling 100%. That said, we're taking it on a day-by-day basis. Here is the best news for you. Irrespective of the Hall of Famer's status, and let's hope he's back tomorrow, I can't be here. Believe it or not, I have other roles. Shocking. If you pay people to put you on the air, it's amazing the opportunities that come your way. So I have a scheduling conflict. I'll be on assignment at the end of this program. So if you find me... Just too much to bear, and I understand that. I will not be here tomorrow. So let's start the celebration by taking you back to Aaron Rodgers. Now, some of you are groaning even more than when you heard my voice or saw my smiling face on CBS Sports Network with our soccer coverage coming up in 55 minutes. Yesterday, I had to start the show talking about Aaron Rodgers because we knew 
that roughly an hour away from the opening monologue, he would be sitting down with Pat McAfee, the only member of the media that he chooses to be expansive with. They're friends. Oh, by the way, do you know that there is a monetary relationship there? Aaron Rodgers does not donate his time. He is paid for those appearances, and you can understand why. About 500,000 people logged on to YouTube. So it wasn't the decision. It wasn't LeBron taking his talents to South Beach. But in this fractured media landscape, that is a good number. The final, my intention is to play for the Jets, occurred about midway through the program yesterday. We spent the majority of our remaining 90 minutes together talking Aaron Rodgers. But I did not have a chance to actually watch and listen to the interview. So I read you some quotes, but until you hear somebody, and especially a person, however you view Aaron Rodgers, and I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome, your voice can be heard at 1-800-636-8686. Hit me up on Twitter, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. In 15 minutes, we spotlight Jim Rome's alma mater. UC Santa Barbara is dancing. We'll talk with our head basketball coach, Joe Pasternak. That means your reaction Push back a bit, but I still want the tweets and the emails. I'll get to them now in roughly 35 minutes. So watching Aaron Rodgers, and as I was saying, however you view him, he is intelligent. You have to give him that. But as somebody who has built whatever semblance of a career I've cobbled together on the act of being the smartest guy in any and every room, Sometimes you got to figure out that the audience is never wrong. And it's not what you're saying necessarily. It's how you say it. So when I read some of these quotes to you yesterday, I didn't hear how ponderous and egomaniacal and narcissistic Aaron Rodgers sounded. Now, take it from somebody who knows There are a lot of people who love the sound of their own voice. My man was having a good time. Really sounding out every word to come across as introspective as possible. Maybe that was a byproduct of spending the time in the dark. But I am an Aaron Rodgers fan on one level. He lost me with the back to being too clever as an intelligent person with the whole I'm immunized nonsense. And did you have a chance to check out the back pages of the New York tabloids? If you didn't, Pro Football Talk had a link, and I got up early this morning to see what the New York Post had in off the offing. They went with the predictable Mr. Rodgers. New York Daily News, with a play on the immunization nonsense, a real shot in the arm for Rodgers. But his demeanor yesterday, his communication style, to me just didn't work because we all knew where it was heading. If he was going to retire, he would have said at the top, I'm walking away. It was a slow build for no reason And then some of the things he said were just extraordinarily self-involved. And this is from somebody who is self-reporting as being self-involved. So a few things I found jarring. His view that it's time for the Packers, quote, to do right by him. That's the quote. Do right by Aaron Rodgers. Went on to say, it's time to do the right thing. The Green Bay Packers owe Aaron Rodgers nothing. We can talk about what he's meant to the franchise, and I will tell you how he evaluates his run in Green Bay, back to the narcissistic view, but we understand how it works in professional sports and any business, after all. Your employer is not your friend. He or she is not a member of your family. And we get so wrapped up in the emotion of sports, which is just another form of entertainment, because those of us who love it as much as anything else in our lives remember when we used to play. I don't have the same connection to movies or television as much as I love them. 
because I was never a thespian in high school. I have no frame of reference that I got up and sang Old Man River in a play in eighth grade. But I hung on in Little League as long as I could until I got washed out in the seventh grade because I couldn't hit anything and I was always being parked in right field. But I still have those memories because sports takes us to a better time in our life, a simpler time. And we remember not only what we did on the field, the experiences, the prism it provided watching Super Bowls and World Series, and the Masters, and the U.S. Open in tennis, whatever it is. So we have this sentimentality in sports that can lead us to illogical places. So for Rodgers, of all people, to say the Packers should be doing right by him, and he meant it's time to let him go to the Jets because finally he's ready to go. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. They won the Big West regular season title and their conference tourney. They're the 14th seed in the South region. Tomorrow, they'll take on the three-seed Baylor in Denver. Joe, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. It is my pleasure. Jim is under the weather, but it is wonderful to have a chance to spotlight his alma mater. And I'm a West Coast play-by-play announcer, so I'm well aware of everything you've done in Santa Barbara. So congratulations on changing the national profile of the program, going back to the tournament for the second time in three years. But overall, this is just the seventh NCAA appearance in school history. Coach, how exciting has the last week been since you locked up the automatic bid to the tourney? Uh, it's awesome. You know, I'm just so happy for our players, the excitement when we won the Big West Tournament Championship to see uh, their unbelievable excitement. You know, you practice July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, and you get to this point, and all of those practices, the purpose and the goal is to capture the tournament title so you can participate in March Madness and the joy on their faces, the jumping up and down excitement uh, was amazing. And I watched your win over Cal State Fullerton, another comprehensive approach on Saturday. We know every season is unique. Go back a couple years ago, you make history by going to the tournament for the first time in your tenure. Last year came in fifth in the conference. So, Joe, what was the mindset heading into this season? What did you think this squad was capable of? Well, we had a lot of depth talent and experience um a couple guys that were on that ncaa tournament team last year we had five games canceled because of covid and so it took put us in fifth place and then we lost on a buzzer beater last second buzzer beater in the conference tournament to long beach state and so i think that really fueled us in the spring and summer to want to get back to the ncaa tournament and that was a real big part of all of this I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. We're chatting with Joe Pasternak, head coach of UC Santa Barbara, getting set to take on Baylor tomorrow in the NCAA tournament. Joe, let's focus on some of your stellar players. A.J. Mitchell came all the way from Belgium to play his college ball in Goleta. Your leading scorer at 16 points a game. What dimension does he bring your program? Well, he's only a sophomore, but his poise is far and away incredible for any sophomore I've ever coached and he's a big time competitor he's the total package I think he's an NBA point guard and I think he's uh, really going to show that this week we know basketball is a global game probably the most international sport of them all along with soccer so you have three international players on the roster is that a focus of your recruiting approach or did that happen organically no um Recruiting international is really important to our program, and we feel like you have to fish in all territories, whether it's international, the portal, high school, national, California, West Coast, and 
Uh, Santa Barbara is just a great, great landing spot for international players. And so it's been really important to us. We've had young men from Belgium, Croatia. We have a Serbian on our team, player from the Sudan, Kenya last year, Guinea and Mali. And so it's been a big part of what we have done. Joe, I'm a Tucsonian on a part-time basis, so I'm well aware of what you achieved in Arizona as assistant coach. What did you take away from your time working with Sean Miller as you prepared for your second stint as a head coach after your time in New Orleans? You know, Sean uh, really is an incredible teacher of the game of basketball, but more importantly, building a comprehensive program from player development to offense, defensive systems, and game preparation. All of that really, really helped me learn uh, to be the coach that I've uh, become today, and I'm very grateful for that experience. And I know we have limited time because you're getting ready to go back to practice, but if I'm asking you about influences, I have to ask you about your days as a student manager at Indiana. I'm sure you could give me an hour-long dissertation, but in a concise form, what did you take away from your experience working for the legendary Bobby Knight? Well, for me, it was like a three-credit class. I was 18 years old uh, at the time, and every single day at practice, I had note cards, and I'd take notes on all of how he taught the game, uh, his practice drills, his emphasis both on defense, offense, game preparation, and made a huge notebook of it and still have it to today and and utilize it still uh, on how to attack certain situations. So, it was an amazing, amazing learning experience for me for four years. Joe, I'm old school. I write everything out. Did you retain the actual index cards? Yes, I have all the index cards. They're in my binder, which I transcribed into a notebook. That is amazing. Chatting with Joe Pasternak, head coach of UC Santa Barbara. They'll take on Baylor tomorrow. We're going to preview the game in a moment. First, coach, from a national perspective, Many folks don't know about UC Santa Barbara. I've been lucky to call games on campus. So your team went 12-3 and this year. The Thunderdome has come alive once more. How gratifying has the level of support that you've been getting consistently now from your students and the community been? It's incredible. I think the best of the best in college basketball have dominating home courts. And when we got here, that was one of our goals, to get the students to come back to the Thunderdome. And it's incredible uh, the support we've had, the students coming to our games and filling the Thunderdome, not just for the rivalry game, but all the games. And then them to travel from Santa Barbara to Las Vegas for our conference tournament. It's just such an important part of a college basketball program. Joe, finally, and this is your attention, obviously, anybody listening to this program is well aware of how talented Baylor is, surviving the gauntlet in the Big 12 this year, winning the national title a couple years ago. What are you expecting from the Bears tomorrow on the floor? Well, I mean, it starts with their coach. Uh, coach Drew is a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, they're so talented at every single position, uh, watching them on film their explosiveness, their ability to shoot the three uh, is uncanny. They're the number two offense in the country. Um, and so we'll have our work cut out for us, and um, we have the utmost respect for Baylor. Joe, I know it's an incredibly busy time for you, so we greatly appreciate you taking the time. Jim sends his regards. He'll be rooting. Best of luck tomorrow, Coach. Tell Jim to get well soon. All right. It is a celebration of UC Santa Barbara we appreciate Coach Pasternak taking the time. So, quick question. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Let's start with the fact that it is a family-run business. A family business which stands by quality and produces the world's best beef jerky. Now, I, I've made this point many, many times, and I want to make it again right now. Beef jerky is not just beef jerky. I think some of you go to the store and you reach for the beef jerky and you think it's all the same. In fact, you might not even know what you're buying. That's a big mistake. Stop making that mistake. All beef jerky is not the same. In fact, there's nothing like Old Trapper. It is simply the best. Four mouth-watering flavors, so you can get your choice of whatever you want. Myself, I like them all the same. I bounce back and forth between each and every one of them. So you can do the same thing. They come in four-ounce bags. 
If you need to learn, do it that way. If you already know what you want, go with the 18-ouncer. That way there's enough for everybody, the entire unit, the entire family, the entire team. If you do not see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? Straight ahead, thoughts on John Morant. I watched his sit-down interview with Jalen Rose. The words were contrite. Now we need to see the actions, but I got a real problem with this eight-game suspension. Details coming up. Thanks again to Joe Pasternak for his time the day before a big game for that program. And just to finish my thought and complete the bit, now we should have come in at 4.30 in the morning to block out the lighting here. Our friends at TV are not going to like the glare. But if you're watching on CBS Sports Network, I am holding the Arcane Index Card System purchased in 1994. I had to go to a binder that is rebound, everybody. This is fascinating. Welcome to this old house with Uncle B. Webb. This is a series of notes that I can't read for a big softball extravaganza coming up this weekend. Now you know the rest of the story. I didn't say it was going to be a fascinating bit. I just said I heard index cards and I put it together. By now you know I have no life. So now you have demonstrable proof of what I do with my abundance of free time. Let's save the program, find some comedic value. Here is a prolific tweeter. One laconic. After all these years of Rome coaching us on how to fake sick to set up a couple days off to watch the tournament, he's finally pulled it off himself. Hope he's back tomorrow, Weber. Of course not. He'll be watching his gauchos. I don't know any of that to be true. I will not be here. That's all I know in terms of the particulars. B-Web, while I appreciate you putting in the work to take a schwitz, you did it for one hour on TV. Did I mention I understand the vanity and narcissism of Aaron Rodgers? I'm talking about what I know. Finally, one for three CI, war Brian wiping out the vaunted Tower of Beef before the show. That may or may not have happened. Here's some challenging news. No beef segment today. I know, I know. I'm a fill-in host. I cannot do the beef segments. Hopefully Jim is back tomorrow and the beef returns. And now people are going, wait a minute. So I, I've had to listen to this moron for 45 minutes. He never promoted the beef segment. It's not happening. I know, it's a tough world but at least you got to see the sealed ah! I'll come to your house. Weddings, bar mitzvahs. I'll come up with your whole family tree. All right, let's make segment? a strange and awkward segue to awkward. John Moran. So as I mentioned, I stumbled upon the sit-down interview with Jalen Rose. I know they played the extended conversation on ESPN after the Warriors' latest road loss. We're talking the Warriors' road woes coming up. In the next hour of the program, keep telling me they'll be just fine. Steph Curry had 50 last night, and the Clippers still won. We'll give you our thought on the balance of power in the West momentarily. But when I was watching that unwatchable studio show, but I watch everything when I'm not writing out illegible notes, I stumbled across the sit-down between John Morant and Jalen Rose. I give Jalen Rose credit for asking him because the crux of why the NBA has justification in their mind, the cover, to only go with an eight-game suspension. Remember, he's already missed six games. So, effectively, this is a two-game suspension plus time served. Getting us to his eligibility being restored on Monday probably doesn't play then, but eight games seems incredibly light. But Jalen... Asked him the question because the NBA cleared him of wrongdoing in terms of allegations that it was his gun that may have been brought onto an NBA team charter flight or into an NBA locker room in Denver. Wasn't his gun. Rose asked him directly, whose gun was it? And Ja clearly went through media training. Stayed on message, did not even acknowledge the question. Stayed to, I think, the talking points that were presented to him. And I want to give him a degree of credit. Maybe these are sincere thoughts, but he struck 
that delicate balance of not saying anything that would be damaging to whomever brought a gun to a strip club. And Jalen, because he has the player's perspective, mentioned he had been to that club. What was it? Shotgun Willies? Just to make it even more bizarre. Waving a gun on Instagram Live at Shotgun Willies. The most NBA thing of all time. Ja would not even venture into that conversation, nor would he in any way get one of his friends in trouble. But he said many of the things that you would presume that somebody trying to seem contrite would say. That he's learned his lessons. That he realizes he let himself, his family, the organization, the league, and his fans down. All good, positive things to say. I'm also in favor of anybody being transparent about working on their mental health. He acknowledged that he had gone to a facility in Florida to come up with better techniques for dealing with stress. Again, those are positives. My question is this. Is he a different human being after one week? And I'm not going to pretend to be Dr. Phil as the fill-in hack, but there are a reason why we have... 28-day treatment programs that transcend substance abuse, whatever you might be dealing with, the first step is typically a month of intense counseling and trying to get to the root causes for your behavior. But let's just tell it like it is. He's being rushed back because the league wants him back because he's one of the young faces of the NBA, a transcendent talent. The Grizzlies desperately want him back because they're trying to lock up the two seed. And don't look now. They got crushed by Miami last night. The Sacramento Kings currently have a share of the two seed in the West. Kings Nation, light up that beam. Darren Fox with a three to rip the heart out of the Bulls last night. So there's the basketball element. And I understand that Adam Silver wants to be conciliatory. He's trying to, and he has established a legacy vastly different than David Stern, his predecessor in many ways. But you don't have to be David Stern coming on the Jim Rome show back in the day saying, when did you stop beating your wife? Which is just a legal term of art. But you don't have to be that kind of ridiculous, over-the-top, punitive person to also be able to dole out discipline rationally. I understand Adam Silver wants to be the player's friend. Of all the leagues, the NBA is the most player-driven league of them all. But no fair-minded, rational person can tell me that eight games is enough. Now, I understand that the league might have felt limited by the terms of the collective bargaining agreement because their investigation detailed that it was not his gun, it was not taken to an NBA facility, was not taken on the charter flight I mentioned, so perhaps they felt that they didn't want to overreach because then we get into a battle between the league and the Players Association. They desperately just want this to go away, and I hope it does. But are you telling me that John Morant is a fundamentally different person after one week at a facility in Florida? And that he's going to now distance himself from a crowd that has not helped him make good decisions. How about that? And what about all of the allegations in that detailed report from the Washington Post about the beef at the mall and then beating up a kid allegedly at a pickup game at his house in Memphis? And then, what do you know, flashing a gun? Are we seeing a through line here? Guns do not lead to positive outcomes. And now you can come at me on Twitter. Yes, I'm going Second Amendment to wrap up the first hour of the program. Man, that is music. That is absolute music to my ears. You should know by now exactly what that sound represents. That that is the very best kind of notification you could ever hear. 
It is the sound of another sale on Shopify and the moment that another business dream has become a reality. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. It doesn't even matter what you're selling. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. I mean anything, succulents or stilettos, flaky salt or fine art prints, all sorts of categories, fashion, home and garden, health and beauty, essentially anything. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up right now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Rome, R-O-M-E, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash Rome to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. If possible, I will enunciate even more annoyingly. I'm going to get louder. Buckle up because the madness is upon us. And the other reason I've decided to turn my body is because I know I'm just going to watch the NCAA tournament. Give you too many scores. You're going to flip away even faster than you already are hearing my voice. So... I'm trying to focus, but as a veteran of March, I'm always inclined to multitask. Here's my offer to you. If something of significance happens in the NCAA tournament, I'll let you know. You don't have to watch the games, although you could be watching the game and listening to me. What a wonderful marriage that would be. Emails, a possibility, RomanHaveATake.com. Your tweets on the way in 20 minutes. B.W. Weber, Weber with two B's, already had a quality conversation with Joe Pasternak, head coach of Jim's alma mater as UC Santa Barbara. 14 seed in the South, getting set to take on Baylor, the three seed tomorrow in Denver. Jim, under the weather, we're hoping he's back tomorrow. Best news for you either way. I'm not here, so if you're not a fan, I get it. I tried to be self-deprecating. Going with the 16-seed analogy, NIT, many of you say, I'm not even D1. I've been knocked down to somewhere in the world of NAIA. One of those those games I've done in the past. If there's a game, I'll be there. Second hour of the program, wide open. So I am open to your phone calls. In 20 minutes, we'll get back to the tournament. And here's a preview. If you were with us yesterday, my view of the Alabama situation has not changed. In fact, my feelings about the hypocrisy of that program only reinforced. How about the optics yesterday? Brandon Miller, I'll choose my words carefully here with thoughts coming up in 20 minutes. Polarizing star, controversial SEC player of the year because he's linked to a murder allegedly committed by a former teammate, had a armed security guard next to him yesterday at his media availability. I'll tell you why the justification makes sense, but this whole thing is getting stranger and stranger. And then in 40 minutes, we'll talk NBA. I don't want to bash the Warriors just to come up with an opponent to joust with. I'd be a bigger fool than I am. Plus, because I always read my resume, I feel insecure as the fill-in guy. For nine years, nine times, nine years, I was the sideline reporter for the Warriors when they were hideous. Worse than the old-school Clippers. I have a lot of affection for the franchise. I work for owner Joe Lacob calling women's professional basketball in 1996 when he owned your San Jose Lasers. And the now-defunct ABL. So those are my pro-warrior thoughts. But I can't delude myself. I watch bits and pieces of the loss to the Clippers because, I know, empathy for me. I had to get up early. It's the same old story. Steph goes off for 50, and they lose on the road again. 7-27 and 27 now. You're going to tell me regular season doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong in 40 minutes. Final hour of the program. We'll wrap it up with style points. 2.40 Eastern time. Looking forward to our latest conversation with a good friend of the show, Will Brinson. 
covers the NFL expertly for CBS Sports. So, with Will coming up, and I've already talked a lot of Aaron Rodgers, I'll get back to Rodgers. Don't groan. I'll get back to Rodgers in an entertaining fashion to start the final hour of the program because while many of you, I think, had a sense of relief with his announcement of his intention to play for the Jets yesterday, somehow that meant it's over. Not over yet because we don't know the terms of the compensation for the deal that will extract him from Green Bay, send him to New York. So we're going to talk more about What's realistic for the Packers? What can they really get? I don't think it's anything better than the second-round pick. And more analysis on an incredible lack of self-awareness, in my view, of Rodgers on his way out the door. And also, what are realistic expectations for an aging quarterback by his own admission, called himself the aging face of the franchise, trying to be immodest, But do you think just a change of scenery is going to lead to a change in productivity? Better roster, certainly, surrounding him, playing for the Jets and the Packers, but that's coming up. Lamar Jackson is available. Make him an offer. That's how it works when you're slapped with the restricted free agent tag. So, remember, ultimately, the Ravens control what could happen here. They have the right to match. And... It does lead to a larger conversation. Why does the franchise tag even exist in a league that has a license to print money? Nobody monetizes every nuance of their sport better than the National Football League. $18 billion now of annual revenue with the goal to get to $25 billion a year And that is reasonable. That's not even an aggressive forecast. Well, in part because they hold salaries down. Now, revenue is different than profit. Finally getting something out of going to business school. But the money coming in ain't going to change, even if you're paying your players more. And that's all part of the collective bargaining agreement where you get a set percentage. But isn't it just strange in 2023 that a franchise tag even exists in the NFL? Wouldn't it make far more sense in, say, baseball, where if the Pirates ever have another star, and I'm not going through the litany of once a generation a star comes through Pittsburgh, if the Pirates, for example, ever get another franchise player, shouldn't they have a mechanism to hang on to that star because they need a draw at the gate? Well, baseball doesn't have a tag because they now have arguably the most powerful union in all of American commerce. And the baseball union has beaten the owners at every turn. Players Association has done nothing in the NFL for decades. So that's why this tag exists. There's no reason for it. Do you think whatever the Ravens or another team, I'm going to go through possible landing spots coming up. And I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. You want to be a part of the show. You can call me at 1-800-636-8686. In 15 minutes, more of your emails, RomanAvatake.com, Twitter, your best bet, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. If you're looking for the beef segments, I know. Uh, just just hang with me. Grief counselors available at 1-800-636-8686. No beef segment today. Hopefully, it returns tomorrow with the return of the great Jim Rome. But let's say the Ravens match whatever the offer to Lamar Jackson is. However big that check is, do you think that's really going to impact their bottom line in any tangible way? Other than Mark Davis, and I still can't get over the hair transformation, you go from the worst haircut of all time. You go from... Dumb and Dumber to Lex Luthor, I think. Uh, Points for effort. Good job, good effort. But, my man, you had a calling card. There's a lot of less-than-handsome dudes rolling around with a shaved head. Now you're just one of many. Before that, you were one of one. Mark Davis is cash poor. He uses the team as an ATM. That's why I think you got to follow all the transactions for 
the Raiders as well. Did you see the report? And it's an Instagram-based account that Waller's fiance, with Waller on his way to the Giants for a third-round pick, alleges that the motivation for the deal is that Josh McDaniels was not invited to their wedding, and somehow he was so miffed, he said, screw it, I'm going to dump one of the best tight ends in all of football because I didn't get an invite to a wedding? But that's the Raiders. I understand the Raiders work in mysterious ways. And I mentioned, I covered the Raiders for two years. I'm just reading the resume today. Wacky organization, that was circa 1990-2000. That was Al Davis wandering the halls. Nothing has changed. But the Raiders have no money outside of the team. Same thing for the Spanos family, fighting each other in court, trying to figure out how that family trust works. Beyond them, everybody else in the NFL, and both the Raiders and Chargers have money, but I don't think it's a coincidence that they stumble upon Austin Eckler. He turns out to be an impactful running back, and now they don't want to pay him because that's what the Chargers do. Anybody else, money is not an issue. So the tag should not exist at all. That's factual. Take that for data. But now that we have this as a reality, it is interesting because as a talk show host, I've gone through these fantasy scenarios about, and rarely do we talk about the non-exclusive tag because it really is intriguing. The right to match, if the offer is not matched, then you get a pair of compensatory first-round picks, real assets. We haven't really gone through this, especially with a marquee quarterback. So if Lamar Jackson is going anywhere, and here's a preview, I don't think he's leaving Baltimore, but I'll tell you how that's going to play out coming up. If he were to leave the Charm City, where is he going? Now, we know this list of teams quickly going public saying, thanks, but no thanks. And I found that bizarre. I found it to be way too coordinated. And again, Far from coincidental. I'm not a lawyer, but I understand collusion when it occurs. But it occurred in a way that there's not going to be a paper trail. It's not like everybody got on a group text amongst NFL owners and said, okay, remember, hey, Miami, you have to leak it to your favorite beat guy. You have no interest in Lamar. Or the Falcons, you got to call the intern who's running the Twitter account and go to social media. That was the even more over-the-top element of this. Teams knock down reports all the time, but it was almost a euphoria for a handful of clubs, and Atlanta could certainly use Lamar Jackson, although I know you think Heineke's coming to their rescue to back up Desmond Ritter. But that's passed. That ain't going to change. And because the Players Association has absolutely no victories head-to-head to speak of, over the oligarchy that runs the NFL, big word, on a Thursday, ain't going to be anything of substance that comes out of that. So Lamar's got to deal with the facts as they are. And I still think, even though I understand the rationale, why he does not have an agent, I came this close to firing my agent of 19 years yesterday. This close. It's on the radio, but you can figure it out. I'm, I'm doing the passive-aggressive. I'm trying to get him to break up with me so I don't have to break up with him. 19 years is a good run. Almost as long a relationship as I've had with my index card system. I'll give you an obscure reference, kids. A good movie to watch, although Woody Allen has been canceled. Black and white film when he was just making comedic classics. 1980s. Broadway Danny Rose. The worst agent of all time. I have the Broadway Danny Rose comp of sports media. Wonderful guy. I could text him right now. He'd text me back. He'd love the notion that I'm ripping him. He'd think it's comedic. Hasn't done anything for me in 19 years, and now it's just sort of getting snarky. But there's a point to this. I understand the value of an agent, and it occurred to me, hey, you delusional clown, before you fire this guy, maybe find out if anybody else wants to rep you because I know I'm a big deal, right? But I also have a degree of self-awareness, you got to read the room. So Lamar could desperately use an agent if a non-entity like yours truly 
could use an agent to get these softball games that I love doing. Lamar could use one to survey the league, find out what's actually out there, and diffuse the tensions with the Ravens because I do ultimately think he's going back, but don't you think there are some hurt feelings here? If not by the team, because they're just going to say, it's business. And an early update from the NCAA tournament, Furman reaching the field of 68 for the first time since 1980, only down by one to UVA. Midway through the first, we'll keep you posted. Acknowledging the NCAA tournament, but don't flip away. Lamar Jackson has put himself in a quandary here because it's gotten personal. And I'm not saying unnecessarily personal. It's got to be deeply personal because this is his entire existence beyond family and friends. He's got to feel rejected, insulted, humbled to a degree, but it's not over. There's still a way to make this work. But if he winds up back with the Ravens, I still think a agent would be a good human shield, a buffer, somebody to assuage what has gone on. And the agent with relationships across the league could find out who really is interested and more importantly, who's going to put it down on paper and come up with the offer sheet. So to me, Washington makes all the sense in the world. However, we're talking about Washington. And as long as that just miscreants, Dan Snyder, I'm going to choose my words carefully because I don't want to get sued and I can barely pay my agent. I can't pay a lawyer here. Dan Snyder, I'm just giving you the summation of every investigation that has been sanctioned by the NFL at a congressional inquiry. Not a good human being. How about that? As I soft play things now. Dan Snyder has presided over the most dysfunctional franchise, including the Browns, over the last 25 years. So if I'm just speaking objectively, yeah, Washington makes the most sense. But when was the last time Washington did anything the way that logic would dictate? And now we're riding with the combination of future Hall of Famer Sam Howell, and Jacoby Brissett, who signed in D.C. yesterday. That makes a great deal of sense. So let's remove Washington. How about the Lions? And again, I'm reaching here, but I'm just looking for logical outcomes. Because if the Lions could do everything they achieved last year with Jared Goff, who played better than you think, these are metrics. This is objective analysis. If you're going through the hierarchy of quarterbacks in the NFC North, regular season, of course, because we're talking Kirk Cousins, Cousins put up brilliant numbers again. Doesn't matter because it's Kirk Cousins. Come playoff time or any primetime game, he's going to be Kirk Cousins. And Goff was the second most efficient quarterback in that division. Better than Aaron Rodgers. But if you look across the Lions, and I'm not just following the general wisdom of the studio I'm sitting in. This is a major Lions house. You paid attention to their remarkable resurgence last year. There's a lot to like about that football team. How about you plug Lamar Jackson in there? Why not? If you're Detroit, what do you have to lose? Because when I mentioned dysfunction and kicked Washington one more time, you know who's even more dysfunctional? The Lions. Last time the Lions won a championship of any kind, 1957. 1957. They have one playoff win since 1957. This is a good team. You plug Lamar Jackson into that offense, that's not only a playoff team. Now, hyperbole alert, I'll put them in the short list, in the short equation of Who's the best teams in the NFC? But again, this gets back to fantasy analysis. Because of the limitations of the franchise tag, doesn't matter who offers what, Baltimore always has the final hammer. They got the right to match. Brian Weber, back with you. March Madness rolling on. Here is my pledge. If anything of significance happens... 
With day one, forget about the play in the first four. With day one of the NCAA tournament underway, I will let you know. I got the games on. I am multitasking. I got my good eye like Sammy Davis Jr. on the monitor as we get closer to the conclusion of these opening games. If it's important, I'll let you know. Always try my best to be interactive, and that is coming up along with thoughts on Alabama basketball when I passed along my perspective on just how unseemly the optics surrounding the program already were. I did not know yesterday that, and I keep choosing my words carefully, controversial star Brandon Miller was flanked by an armed security guard yesterday at his press conference at the NCAA tournament. I'll tell you why and give you thoughts on that. As we get closer to the final hour of the program coming up in 30 minutes, more Aaron Rodgers conversation. We'll frame it in a different way. The latest only in baseball injury, and of course it occurred only in the World Baseball Classic. That's an hour from now. Details you got to hang around for. And looking forward to our latest conversation, talking NFL free agency, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, the future of Ezekiel Elliott when we check in with Will Brinson, senior writer for CBS Sports. As promised, more of your tweets. If you want to lob me a call, we can make that happen. 1-800-636-8686. Twitter handle, BW Weber, Weber with two Bs. Normally after the program, I am wined with a $29 glass of wine in Beverly Hills. And like your tweets, I know a lot of you enjoy that when I do it around 2 a.m. Sadly, I'm hitting the road. So when I get to a Holiday and Express later, I will give you the validation you're looking for. It wouldn't be a program without Geoff in Lincoln, who only sends emissaries to stalk Jim Rome at weddings. Doesn't troll me. I have to deal with the tweets. Has not had a third party hit me up because... I'm just a filling hack. When you're a Hall of Famer, like Jim, you have to deal with Geoff and Lincoln sending a mutual friend, or what became a mutual friend. B-Web, no TV and no beef segment. Talk about half-assing it regards the substitute teacher wheeling the TV cart into the classroom. Back in the day, I know you'll find this hard to believe, with my worldly persona. Yes, I was a member of the AV Club, audiovisual. We were the respected students who were allowed to go get the cart and wheel it in because they knew, nerd alert, nerd alert, that I wasn't going to do anything with it, deface it, wasn't going to put in a movie that kids shouldn't be watching. That happened when one of the hoodlums, we threw him out of the AV Club. Yeah, I, I, I am amazed that I didn't get beat up more often. As I look back, every bully who beat me up, I had it coming. You were right. Toughen me up. Hi, Brian. And it's Weber with two Bs. Was it the McRib or the filet of fish that you made in uh, the horrible decision you alluded to in your 20s? I, I went on the record, Mike, in Temecula yesterday. Shockingly, I am not a filet of fish guy. And now I'm doing the type of radio I hate. Nobody cares. But since my girth, yes, is a topic on this program, and I've professed, mostly during COVID, let me take you behind the curtain. When I decided to spend hours talking about Bob's big boy during COVID, there was no sports going on. When I got booked to fill in for Jim, look, I like to talk, but I thought, ain't nothing going on. So I decided to open up the vault a little bit, but... Believe it or not, I do not consume that much. That much is the key phrase. Fast food. And McRib is gone, apparently never coming back. Finally, add assistment. Hey, B-Web, it's okay if you want tomorrow off to do the show. Signed, Uber Airport Service. That is my side hustle to the side hustle. Hey, if I actually got paid for my airport runs, I'd be coming out Ahead of the game, not only do I have to give up my valuable time, gas, which is something you need a second mortgage to finance, when I pick up said paramour, usually it's also, well, you know, I was on vacation, I didn't have a chance to go to the ATM, and suddenly my wallet is a lot lighter. Far more information than you need and I intended to share, but after all, 
Like Aaron Rodgers, I am a narcissist. Let's talk a little bit of Alabama basketball with NBA conversation on the way in less than 15 minutes. So I spent a good portion of the program yesterday giving you my thoughts, and I know the audience is always changing, and after all, I am just a fill-in host. But I don't think I said anything that was over the top or deviating too far from the mindset of just about anybody who is a logical thinker that the optics of what's going on in Alabama are mind-boggling. And I understand why Brandon Miller is permitted to play and how many programs would allow him to play, just like Alabama, because legally he has not been charged with anything. But morally, ethically, Rationally, he was involved in an incident with a former teammate, Darius Miles, who now faces charges of capital murder. Shouldn't that matter? Isn't that worthy of a more nuanced conversation other than, well, ain't no crime. Let's put him out there. So I told you when I was thinking about how I would approach the NCAA tournament as not only a longtime viewer, but somebody who was damn lucky to cover seven or eight of them in a row in the 90s. I've been to multiple Final Fours, my favorite event of them all, because we all see the world through our own prism. We're all the star of our own movies. I love the NCAA tournament, but I can't disconnect my analysis from my reaction to just how unseemly Everything linked to Alabama basketball has been. And any school with a moral compass, and that, of course, is a contradiction, but if there was a school that had a moral compass, there's no way they would clear them to play. And I can't think of any other state, and I'm not pretending to be a lawyer, but as Charles Barkley said, proud to be from Alabama. Miller's damn lucky he's from Alabama. How is that not a crime? And we don't have to go through that exercise. Just because you can do something, I'm talking about a school allowing a star to play, doesn't mean you have to. But I live in the real world. I understand why he is playing. And unfortunately, how many schools would allow him to play? Still, when I found out after the program, I try not to distract myself even more than I normally do with these tangents I get on, that Brandon Miller was accompanied, as I read directly from the copy, Yesterday, at the NCAA tournament media session, by an armed security guard, I was certainly taken aback. Now, I understand the justification, and Nate Oates, who is making decisions to further his program as any coach would, doesn't make it right, but this is what these guys do, said the rationale for the armed security guard was that Miller's receiving death threats. So let's stop right there. Of course I don't condone that. Absurd, horrendous behavior. I have empathy for Miller. I'm sorry he's going through this. But why is he going through this? Let's not obfuscate. Let's not get confused about what happened here. This is a capital murder case connected to the program. So I'm not saying that if some absolute cretin is sending vile emails, it's justified. In no way am I saying that. But I don't think that Alabama bringing out an armed security guard has made anything better. And now we're hearing this is galvanizing the team. And perhaps Alabama wanted to change the perception surrounding Miller And if I was a cynic or one was a cynic, you could say this is a sympathy play. Look, I don't know what the motivation was. But I can tell you the optics were horrendous. Just another bizarre chapter surrounding a program that keeps stepping in it, creating their own disastrous mistakes. And you can argue with me all day long if you want to on Twitter, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. Any program that had a shred of morality would sit Brandon Miller. I don't care about his legal status. Capital murder. But we're talking about money with a capital M and a chance to win a national title. 
And that's all that matters, not only at Bama, but the majority of big-time college sports. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. We'll take a phone call or two moving forward, 1-800-636-8686. More Aaron Rodgers in the final hour of the program, less than 25 minutes from now. Straight ahead, we'll get to the NBA. Here's your headline. Steph goes off for 50. Warriors lose again on the road. How big of an issue is there abysmal road play going to be come playoff time. We'll get there next. First, let's get you caught up on what's happening in the NCAA tournament. Time for a sports update. Rich Ackerman has all the details. Good night now! 